Hey everybody, Captain Andy Comics is right about to start, but there's a lot of great podcasts on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, including this one. On the next Back to You with me, Howard Sudbury, and my co-host Steve Baskerville. We will talk about my overuse of social media and Steve's non-use of it. What's wrong with me? Ah, that's a whole nother show. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. Back to You, an Opie show. Only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved a better place. Radiomisfits.com It's time for Caffeinated Comics. A lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles. All fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts... John and Steven. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, when we recorded this, so I hope you had a good Mother's Day. I hope that you weren't able to see your mom, that you were somewhere electronically connected with you. Uh, one of the things that we're finding after being in quarantine for two months is the projects you start, and a lot of people are binge watching. Uh, so, one of the projects I started was to binge-watch every Christopher Lee Dracula movie with Howie Weinberg. Howie, uh, has been one of my best friends since the late 80s in high school, and growing up, he was also the heavy metal kid, he was the horror kid, uh, while I was the superhero kid and the classic rock kid, so we taught each other a lot of stuff, and one of the things he got me into were horror movies, so he and I would watch a lot of these that I, frankly, was too scared to watch growing up. Uh, it wasn't until college that I would see a lot of these 80s slashers and the original Hammer horror movies. So we were having a discussion about what order the movies came in. Christopher Lee did about seven between 1958 and 1973. We couldn't keep them straight, so we watched them all, and now we're going to talk about them. And let's get to it. Horror of Dracula. Oh, well, the first Christopher Lee, yes. Yeah, she, so... The, the wife of, of uh, one of the uh, the main characters has a guy, a 15-year-old, come to the door and say, you need to go to this address at, like, midnight, you know? And she's like, who sent you? It's your husband. Okay, I'll go. Well, that's how it worked back then. They didn't have a lot of communication, <laughs> so there was no way to verify so if it really was her husband, he wouldn't have also texted. He wouldn't have called. He would have been like, boy, tell Mina to meet me here in the graveyard. <laughs> but I just can't imagine a woman by herself at that time walking around. You know what I'm saying? It's just like. It's... I feel like that sentence might have stopped there. I can't Im imagine a woman like that walking around. You know, yeah, late, imagination is late, very limited. That late at night, okay, with um, with a bunch of superstitious, you know, villagers walking around, who are willing to like, you know, kill anything on 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 sight. I just can't imagine. But I know. I mean, the the films are notoriously misogynistic. So, oh my God, yeah, we we can we can get into that. But uh, that's one of the problems, I think. And uh, we'll take a step back. I also and get just it. can't imagine my own wife. I, I don't mean to interrupt you. If I right. said, hey, honey, meet me here at midnight. And she'd be like, you had better have a goddamn good excuse other than, well, he just said to meet you there. Bye. <laughs> you know? well, 
Remember, it's Victorian England. The man is the master of the house. Oh, Lord. Oh, then we're in trouble. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get into the weeds, um, to set this to set this up, you and I were having a conversation about the Christopher Lee Draculas. Were you watching Taste the Blood of Dracula? <laughs> yes, I was. All right. And then we were discussing which mm-hmm. one that was and what came first and what came after. And neither one of us had any clear memory. <laughs> so we said, hey, we're both home all the time. Let's watch every Christopher Lee Dracula in a week. Yeah. Um, turn, turns out for me, not that great an idea because I can't tell them apart. <laughs> <laughs> I watched like two in a night and I'm like, well, one of them, he falls through ice and <laughs> one has a bald priest and one has a doctor <laughs> and one has the dad from Willy Wonka. <laughs> like, they all kind of like mashed together. I had to go back to YouTube and watch all the trailers again. Yes. Luckily they you got me here because I know them. Good. Because there were four. There were, yeah, there were seven altogether. Now, and the first steady one. Steady decline. Yeah, steady decline. So the first one uh, I ever saw was Horror of Dracula, which is the first one. First, first one. Yeah. And I saw it with you. And it was when the Francis Ford Coppola Dracula came out. Okay. You and I decided to stay up all night and watch every version of Dracula up to that point. So we watched. Right. I remember that. We were probably, what, 21, 22? Probably. We did. So we watched Nosferatu, and then we watched the Belagosi Dracula, and then we watched Horror of Dracula, which I'd never seen. And then I think we watched the Coppola Dracula. Um, since then, right. we've seen many, many more Draculas. Mm. I think it's been a good Dracula made since Coppola, but that's um, that's another. Yeah, and the Coppola one I watched it this week. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Gary Oldman. I mean, can't go wrong. Gary Oldman's really good. Um, Anthony Hopkins is chewing the scenery. Uh, it, <laughs> and it also reminds me of a point when Keanu Reeves was a bad actor. <laughs> He's very bad in it. I, He's I, very I, I, bad at it. I love Keanu, but that English accent does not. It just that doesn't. Um, yeah. Well, he also doesn't react to anything. He just stares. He's so wooden. He stares at Dracula like he wasn't listening to what he was saying. I don't think he was. Yeah. I mean, granted, now, like, Keanu's great. The John Wick movies are incredible. I think somewhere around The Matrix, he started to get good. I still love Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted's great. And that, um, I actually talked to Ed Solomon, who created Bill and Ted on Twitter, very briefly. They're making a third Bill and Ted, and I asked him. Alex? Yes, both Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves are in it. Ed Solomon, who wrote all three and created the characters, is directing it. That's awesome. And I asked him, did the coronavirus shut it down? He said, we finished shooting, but we had to stop editing. So we will see this movie. Good, 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 good. So that is going to happen. Excellent. Um, And it's going to be great because it's one of those things like – Keanu Reeves doesn't have to make this movie. It's not like he's at the, he's not like the end of his career where it's, it's not like Stallone making a sixth Rambo and Schwarzenegger making a seventh Terminator Mm -hmm. or Bruce Willis (laughs) making a sixth Die Hard. Um, (laughs) He doesn't have to make it. So it tells me that if he's making it, it's probably good. You know, 
It's not like Steven Seagal make another a sixth killed by death. Oh wait, there wasn't a second one. <laughs> no, he didn't. I don't think Steven Seagal made a sequel to anything. Maybe Under Siege Two, but it wasn't just him. I think he just had a string of movies that were three words of one syllable each, That's and right. with with an article in the middle. It was like yeah. marked for death. Yes, it wasn't killed by death. That's a Motorhead song. Yes. <laughs> which could have been, which is a better song than any Steven Seagal movie. Oh, yeah. But like, if I named any three one-syllable words, could you tell me it wasn't a Steven Seagal movie? Oh, no, it's totally a Steven Seagal movie. Like, you know, looking for blood. Is you it? Know. Is it real? You know? <laughs> you know? You know. Tainted by death. <laughs> Armed with guns. You <laughs> know. You know. Yeah, I know. I don't think I sat through any one of them all the way through. But anyway, speaking uh, of which, horror coffee. Anyway. Horror of Dracula. Horror of Dracula. Not Steven Seagal. Too many syllables. Too many. Yeah. Um, that one I hadn't watched in a very long time. Most uh, of these, are, uh, I love that movie. Most of these are really cheap on iTunes, and um, so I, I was picking them up for like six, seven bucks. That movie holds up really, really well. It does. And I, I remember us making fun of it when we watched it, and then when I watched it again, I was like, "Why were we making fun of this? This was this is pretty good." It, it, it has its moments that you can make fun of, and it actually, it's 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 actually a pretty good horror movie, and in the, in the, just the fact that. You know, it's it's not the horror movie that's like gonna like scare you like like uh, an omen, an exorcist, a conjuring. It's not like that. You know, it's like it's one of those almost kind of it's almost like a Vincent Price horror movie where you're gonna yeah. be scared, you're gonna be uneasy, especially when you hear something that that oboe playing and the guys going or the girls going down the stairs and you're like, oh, I wouldn't do that, I wouldn't do that. But there's there's a lot to it that. Um, you can tell first of all you can tell that Cushing and Lee enjoy acting with each other. Yeah. And you know? and to preface this, once we ran out of Dracula movies, you and I just watched Curse of Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. Which has Peter Cushing <laughs> as as Dr. Frankenstein and Christopher Lee as the monster for about two and a half minutes. Yeah, there's not a lot of monster. Not a lot of way it's, it's, less than Boris Karloff. Mostly, mostly about the doctor. It's mostly about what a creep the doctor is. He really is. There's a lot of Peter Cushing going, hey, look at these eyes I found. I found some hands. <laughs> yeah, these hands are the best hands. I'm going to put these on this body that's floating in a, this tank. It's like it's a fucking gonna... leg. <laughs> that, movie, that movie is really weird because it's like, it's a bromance about him and his mentor. Yes. Where his mentor is like, his mentor is on board for the whole thing until like he starts killing people to take their stuff. It's just like, yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta tap out right here. Yeah. And then this is and more it's, unacceptable. And, and Peter Cushing as Dr. Frankenstein is super excited about building this monster that's in his second floor in a house where a lot of people live, but he a just, lot of people live. he doesn't want anybody to know about it yet. He's super excited about it. So he just locks the door. But then if anybody knocks on the door, he lets him in and he's like, hey, look at my monster. Check this out. <laughs> yeah. Some, yeah. Yeah, that movie's, that, that movie's crazy. Dracula's better 
Which, by the way, in England, it's just called Dracula, and in America, it's called Horror of Dracula, which is a better title because <clears throat> it differentiates it from, like, Bela Lugosi. Right, sure. Yeah. Um, Horror of Dracula is actually pretty good, other they than... the headlights for... <laughs> what? They kept, like, Boris and... Uh, not Boris, I'm sorry. Bella and, yes. uh, and Christopher yes. Lee. They, both, they still kept those pen light, that pen light feature. They shine him in the eyes. Yes. Although Christopher Lee, he gets bloodshot eyes when he's really mad at you. Oh, he gets pissed. Which is weird because, like, when he really wants to drink your blood, all yeah. of the blood goes into the eyes. And, and But it's like, isn't that when he doesn't have enough blood? Like, shouldn't he be bloodshot after he drank the blood of somebody? Hmm. I, I, I mean, I remember one time he was biting somebody and his eyes got bloodshot. I think that was probably... Maybe taste the blood of Dracula. There's one of them down the road. Okay. But 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 usually, like he he would show up and his eyes would be all bloodshot already. And he'd be mad. And he could run back then. Oh, like, he would. When Bella he would never Bella, you couldn't see Bella running. No, Bella. I don't think Bella ever did run. He would go up and down stairs. That was about Even it. Franklin Jella had a nice jog. There's a couple of scenes where like Christopher Lee runs at people, like Harpo Marx would run at blonde girls. I love that scene where he's just like he runs up the the end of Horror of Dracula, runs up the steps of uh, that leads to the library, and he's doing not one at a time. He's doing two at a time. Yeah, well, he was he's, a tall he was a tall guy. He had long legs. He's got that. Yeah, he was like six foot five. He's got that that long, you know, gait when you when you take a when you, a step. It's just like you know, Peter Cushing looked like he was a lot shorter. Yeah, and Peter yeah. Cushing. I don't. I don't think Peter Cushing was very short. I mean, Star Wars is the thing our generation knows him for. But when you look back at Star Wars, he's either standing next to Darth Vader, and Darth Vader's really tall, or he's standing next to Princess Leia. Carrie Fisher was like five two, so he might not have been that tall. Yeah, he's probably an average size. He's probably like five foot nine, five foot yeah. ten, you know, something like that. But it's funny because, like, of all the of all the Dracula movies, that one. At the end there, the climax, pretty much, I think, has the most believable Dracula death. That's a good fight, too. Like, they just start, like, they just start mushing each other in the face and, like, pushing each other around the room. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, spoilers for 60-year-old movies. Um, then It is one of the coolest deaths because Van Helsing just, like, rips the curtain down. Yeah. And then it just like, and you can see like where the sun is, the where the sun is hitting Dracula, like his hand turns to dust. Yes. And all that, all that's left of him is his ring, which becomes an important totem, but yet not important in all the movies. Every now and then they're like, oh, and he has a ring. It's like, yeah, he also had like a necklace, (laughs) but but, oh, a ring. He also had an ankle bracelet, but no one saw it. Well, that's because he was under house arrest. And he had those boots. <laughs> he couldn't leave. He didn't leave Castle Dracula for a couple movies. He was under house arrest. You know, I mean, oh my God. The the funny thing is, is that like with um, with that with the end of that first Dracula spoiler, the end of that first Dracula, it's just like okay, there's what there's two things about Dracula that that he would need to improve on. Number one is his throwing. Oh, he, this has happened in multiple movies. Yeah, she can't hit the side of a mountain. 
Well, when he he throws things when he's totally out of control, like well, when he's really mad, he just grabs stuff and throws it. It's like a it's like a bad domestic dispute. Yeah, is it, is, uh, is it Dracula has risen from the grave where he tears apart a pipe organ and throws no, 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 it? No, 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 that's uh, that's Taste the Blood of Dracula. Is that Taste of Blood? It is. Or is it Scars? See, blur together. No, I don't think no. Scars is when he gets hit by lightning. <laughs> Shit, I really fucking know this. Yeah, risen from the grave is when he gets staked by a cross. He lands on the cross. Right. Like, that's just bad luck. Yeah. I mean, he would have just got up from anything else. He's Dracula. He's not dead. He's not alive. Well, that's the one where when he tears the pipe organ apart, he's like on the balcony of a church. He just starts throwing pieces of pipe organ at the young guy, the young girl. And then he punches the window and forgot it was daytime. And then he's like, oh, and then he just falls on the altar and turns to dust. Every movie ends with like, as soon as he's dead, credits. Yeah. Like even yeah. the universal horror movies had like the survivors hugging each other. And they and walk off the into credits. the sunset, you know, something or, or sunlight. You know, or they just, they look at the ruined castle. This is just like, if Dracula's dead, you, we don't care. You know, no, no, that's the funny one in like, in like Scars of Dracula. Yeah. He gets hit, and he's a fireball, just like after the lightning. He's a fireball going off the side of the castle, and as he's slowly just descending from gravity, all of a sudden the credits just start rolling. Yeah, they're just like, you don't need to see him hit the bottom, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all agree he's dead. Scars, is, Scars is, has this one plot point I cannot get past, where they're like, Dracula's coffin is in a room in the castle that doesn't have a door. Yes, and the guy and then climbs he, in the window. Yeah, because Dracula can climb walls like Spider-Man, which is in the original Bram Stoker book. But yep. that's but like there's a whole plot of like trying to get a rope to get down there, and then the uh, and then the for some reason Renfield is called Clove in half of these. I I guess it's the most British name they could think of. Yeah. But he's like he uh, he was played by the second Doctor Who. He just like cuts the rope. There are, by the way, there are so many British guys that you've seen in other things. Taste the Blood, the main. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yes. The main uh, father who is tasting the blood is M from the Sean Connery Bonds. Yep. Who, by the way, has a line which I mistook, went back, and decided I was just going to mistake it. Remember when he comes home all drunk and he's going to beat his daughter (laughs) for no reason? Isn't that every night? (laughs) Yeah, but he, like, he grabs a whip. And he says, I'm going to whip you, Alice. But he's, so dr- but he's so drunk that he says a couple of times, I really thought he said, I'm going to whip your ass. And I'm like, isn't this the 60s in Britain? <laughs> you can't say that. You know, they got a lot more liberal when they got to the satanic rites of Dracula. Oh, so, well, satanic rites of Dracula. I don't think we're going to go in order. Satanic rites of Dracula. I don't even Just- know what. I don't think anybody in it knew what what movie they were making. It so, just was it, was, it was, it was actually just full topless, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, totally. Just, like early seventies. Yep. But you it's, know, but it's like, but the plot in that it's like Dracula. It has a master plan to use a satanic cult to spread a pandemic, which right now, not the best plot to watch. Um, to take over the world, 
And then I'm like, and I'm like, how is making everybody sick good for you to drink their blood? Yeah, it's just like, you know. Have you seen the first season of What We Do in the Shadows? No, I haven't. Oh, it's it's amazing. The, uh, it's an incredible I saw the movie. series. The movie's great, yeah. The series is just as good as the movie, which I was not expecting. I'll check but, it out. but there is one episode where they go clubbing. Mm-hmm. And they and uh, and they they drink the blood of people that are high on like club drugs. Oh my god! And he goes, he goes so he's like, funny. he's like, he goes, we have drunken drug blood, and now I am a wizard. And one of the pirates has like a traffic cone on his head. Do you know what that reminds me of? What? Oh my god! There's this movie that I don't know anyone. I don't know when the last time it's been broadcast. It's a it's a it's a vampire movie. It's called Love at First Bite. Oh, George Hamilton. And he and he bites the drunk guy. Yeah. He's in the he's in his coffin just singing to himself. And Artie Johnson comes over. He's like, Master, are you okay? He's just like, What was that maniac drinking? <laughs> that movie was um that movie was constantly running on WHT, which was oh. like <laughs> that was the in the early 80s, that was the HBO you could get if they didn't have cable in your neighborhood. Yeah, you, I remember WHT. You could get WHT, and what killed them was when VCRs came out. For some reason, WHT would send the picture to your screen, and then it would send the sound through the box. So you had to turn up the volume on the box. So if you taped it, you didn't get any sound of the movie. But what you got, there was sound, but it was... It was promotional information about WHT. That's the funny thing. I remember WHT used to scramble their signals as well. Right. They were like a, then, a UHF channel. And then at like like probably around like 1130 or 12 at night, they would start showing adult rated movies. They would cut out all the hardcore stuff. And they'd probably air what now is akin to like a Cinemax. Yeah. Know, in the early morning hours. They had like Andy Warhol's Dracula. Or Star 80. They would Coming show stuff like that. Some stuff like that, yeah. You know, stuff like, you know, and sometimes they had, like, you know, real pornographic films. Yeah, but I remember them. Uh, yeah, pornographic films. There was, they constantly would show the Robin Williams Popeye, the Muppet movie, and Love at First Bite. Those would be on all the time. I never thought we would discuss Love at First Bite. And The Incredible Shrinking Woman was another one. With Lily, Lily Tom. Tomlin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I saw Love is First Bite. I hadn't seen it in probably 30, maybe 40 years, but I, I saw it so probably, much. I don't know. I don't, there's part of me that's just like, there could be a few lines in there that are funny, and there could be a few things in there that are also dated, so I'm not sure. I, well, I remember Artie Johnson was Renfield. That was the first time I ever saw the Renfield character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, remember, and Susan St. James was the girl who mm-hmm. ended up on, it was before Kate and Alley. Yeah. Which was yeah. that sitcom with her and Jane Curtin. Jane Curtin. Yeah. Yep. Uh, That's hysterical. Oh, yeah. my God. That was on all the time. And it, I didn't realize till I was an adult, I was like, oh, it was funny that they made George Hamilton Dracula because George Hamilton was known for being tan. really tan. Yeah. But I had never seen him in anything, and I was like, oh, okay, he's a Dracula. Yeah, he's Dracula. Yeah. You know? You, you know what's a, Benjamin as his, uh, the Van Helsing type of character. And I, there is this one scene where he goes, well, perhaps you'll react to this. And he's supposed to pull out a cross. He pulls out a Star of David. Yes. And the guy, the guy's like, uh, 
Yeah, I'm not afraid of that. <laughs> I, re I remember he goes, he goes, oh, why don't you leave me alone and find a nice Jewish girl? Yes, yes, it was, yes. Uh, Richard, it was Richard Benjamin was Van Helsing. Richard Benjamin is in every comedy between like 78 and 81. And then uh -huh. you've never seen him again. And he's like, oh, he goes, oh, shit, I took the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, there is a god awful horror comedy called Saturday the 14th. Have you ever seen this one? No, there's it, one I've seen that's a mockery of horror films yeah. called Student Bodies. Oh, I had, no, that one I haven't seen. Saturday the 14th is this really bad comedy where Richard Benjamin's family, including his real-life Paul Apprentice, who's in The Stepford Wives, she was amazingly gorgeous. They, mm -hmm. they move into a haunted house that has, like, it has, like, every monster in it. It's unwatchably bad. Wow. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's funny. You don't get a lot of horror comedies, but it seems like you always get horror comedies. Well, I think the thing that was with, with horror comedy, and there's, and there's some aspects of comedy in the Lee movies, mm. that, you know, very few and far between. But when there's when there's a funny scene, it's genuinely pretty pretty funny. Like the the Happy Undertaker. There's always one character. There's always like an innkeeper or an undertaker. Who just some wacky shit goes on, you know. Yeah, uh, where you <laughs> that was like a character you always used to do when we would do improv. You'd be like, I'm the old intaker, up, up, up. <laughs> you know, I'm just sorry and I'm pissed off. Who wants to stay in my hotel? It's late. I don't know. I'm get up. Yeah, there's always that one character. That character never gets killed. Check in's 11 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Although Scars of Dracula, the daughter of the innkeeper, is my favorite all time hammer girl. She's very cute. She doesn't survive either. I was pretty mad. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? When you want to go out and do things on your own, and if you're not blonde, you've got you're in trouble in these Dracula movies. Yeah. Well, speaking yeah. of horror of horror comedies, I watched Dracula Dead and Loving It. Yeah. Last mm -hmm. week, last night. It's How was it? Terrible. It's t it's the movie that sent Mel Brooks to Broadway. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> Wow, because that's Leslie Nielsen, and usually, you know, he's pretty solid. Yeah, but it's late, Leslie Nielsen. Somebody it's told late. me this. I wish I could remember who, because I want to give them credit. Um, but somebody said the problem with Leslie Nielsen was at one point in his career, he decided he was funny. And what was funny about him in Airplane and Police Squad was that he played it straight. Yeah. Like, it Dracula did a love you. He's mugging it all over the place. And, mm -hmm. like... Even Mel, Mel Brooks and Harvey Corman are in it, and they both look like, didn't we do this already? Because Young Frankenstein is still a classic. Yeah. Dracula Dead Loving yeah. It is not. There's a couple things that are okay, but it's like, I feel like when I finished the Christopher Lee movies, I just wanted to find worse and worse Dracula movies. Oh, there's there's a, oh my God. I mean, there is a unlimited resource of bad, bad Dracula movies. Mostly, like, I've watched sometimes the... Uh, Oh, good Lord. Dracula 3000 or Dracula Reborn or something like that. And I'm just kind of like, what are these? They're like, there's like, there's nothing to these movies. They just, you know, I mean, it's funny because like when I think of the, uh, when I think of the, uh, whatchamacallit, the, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, like, uh, like, like, usually, usually it's the one thing that I, that I do like about, um, the Lee movies is that well, at least they started off trying to stick to the 
you know, universal kind of like Dracula, you know, like 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 legend and 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 well, stuff they like all that. do they all do the Bram Stoker novel first. Every one of them does their own version of the Bram Stoker novel, and they always end up changing something. Yeah, it's or something. Yeah, because it's no, like so, it, yeah. Well, you know, in Horror of Dracula, it's Jonathan Harker comes to Castle Dracula to be Dracula's librarian. We all need librarians. Well, that's the thing. Is like I get that you have a library, but why do you need somebody on staff to tell I mean, you where I mean, your books are? What are the hours? Oh, no, it's 24-7. You have to live at that castle. Well, that's no good. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, that, that that was the thing where. Uh, How much vacation time do you get? Oh, is, there, is there health insurance? No. Well, the other thing is you're gonna get bitten in a week. That's yeah, really. The, at some point, you're gonna get bit. Well, the I was watching the Coppola one when um, most of them the book is that Dracula it buys a castle in England so he can England. come to London, start biting those people, uh, and. Because there's just so many, so few Germans to stay. Well. The thing is, everyone in that town knows about him. Oh, <laughs> no one, one in good, England will ever figure me out. <laughs> the, one, the one good thing in Dracula Dead and Loving It, and this is really just for us more than it's eight objectively good thing. Mm-hmm. When he pulls into the town and he's yeah. like, I'm going to Borgo Pass. Chuck McCann, the great Chuck McCann, uh, shows up at, with a big walrus mustache. And right. he goes, no, you can't go there. And he's doing a dead-on impression of our favorite guy from the Bela Lugosi Dracula. Oh, wolves and butts. <laughs> we rewound that a million times. Was when Rinfield comes in, he's like, well, I'm going to Castle Dracula. Castle Dracula? Bogobaz? No! Oh. You mustn't go there. We well, the people thing. of the village believe there are vampires. And he kind of like jumps. Like, in frame, he kind of, like, pops up. He's like, they turn into wolves and bats. And they leave their coffins at night to suck the blood of the living. And when you see that guy, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, from, from the, that's the one thing about the Bella movies is that, like, you sometimes you get that kind of, like, you kind of get that that overacting sort of, like, just, like, trying to, just drive home a point. And then you get other other parts of that movie where it's just like Dracula is is a vampire. And Renfield, how did you get out of your room? And he just walks in. He just walks in. Well, and then all of a sudden the orderly is like going, Renfield, did you did you leave your room again? Yeah. Everyone's just kind of like, ah, you know? It's well, not like this is not like Tom Waits, where it's just like, you are not gonna let this fucking guy out of the, you yeah. know. Well, well, remember that the Bela Lugosi movie was an adaptation of the play that Bela did on Broadway. So the whole movie takes place in like two rooms. So, yeah, every character is just going to walk in. We're not going to cut to the asylum. Although the one time we see the asylum where where Redfield's like, who flies? Who eat flies? And the guard goes, you do, you loony. (laughs) That's a guard who does not know where he works. Yeah, he really has to get... Reread his job description. He's just like every day. He's like, "You're nuts." <laughs> you know, it's just like, yeah, that's why I'm in an asylum, dude. I mean, yeah. Yeah, 
yeah, there's no and there's no Renfield in any of these movies in the second film, Prince of Darkness, which is a haunted house movie where yes. like two couples are on the road and they stop to stay the night. Now his familiar is named Clove and he's like an Alfred. He's like the Alfred of Dracula. The evil Batman. Yeah, Butler. Yeah. Yes. I mean, Dracula is an evil Batman. Um, and they, it looks like Wayne Manor. And they sit there. And then during the night, he during the night, like Clove kills one of the guys. And it's it's clearly that kind of thinking of like, I we're all spooked in this castle. There's one woman out of the four people that's like, I don't like being here. This is bad. She doesn't have any reasons, but she's correct. And they're all like, yeah. ah, come on. They gave us free food. They're going to let us stay in this castle. Look at this. They've got like a, like, you know, you know, dinner table set for four. I mean, come on. Yeah. The host didn't even set a plate for himself. You know, this must be, this is, the, it, this is, it, it's fate. You yeah. Know? It is fate. <laughs> but then they go to their they go to their rooms and the husband's like, hey, I heard something. And he goes down to the dungeon. There's a tapestry in this castle. As Don't it's like it might as well tapestry. It, it's basically a portal to hell. Because any character that goes behind that tapestry never yeah. comes back. Never. Nope, nope, nope. And he gets his throat slit. And apparently all you have to do to bring Dracula back, because they do it every time, is just drip blood on the pile of dust. And here he that comes. That is Dracula, and he's back. He's back. And it, yeah, and is it uh, is it Scars? Scars has the bat. Where a bat just flies bat in and up blood and vomits blood on the dust in Dracula. See, what happened was is that 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 bat was smoking for like forty years. Yes. And, no, I'm just kidding. That's, That's bronchitis. <laughs> you know? Oh my god. That bat needed a ventilator, but the federal government wouldn't give him one. Exactly. But that was the worst looking bat ever. Oh, my God. It's like the Muppet Show wouldn't have had that bat. You know, it's just like, you know, it's just the. <laughs> well, that that was, I think, they uh, and, and and I watched that. Um, it's kind of like a 40 minute documentary. There's two parts to it. The where, one on like, YouTube? Yes. Yeah, it was and very good. Hammer just cut the budget. Yeah. You well, know? it was like uh, Planet of the Apes was the same way, where it was yeah. like every. Every sequel made less money, so they just made another one for less money to the point where the last one is like is sub it's like below television standards. That was like it was just like, what is wrong with this film? It doesn't even look like film. It looks like a looks like a bad VHS camera. Yeah, well the satanic rights is like blurry and washed out. And I don't know if the original movie looks like that or it's just I don't know. It's just in solo regard that no one ever remastered it. No one ever cleaned it up. Like Horror of Dracula, you can tell that was like, that's in 4K now. That looks good. Satanic Rites of oh, Dracula. Yeah. Well, and a lot of these sequels, uh, we should mention, were kind of hard to find. Like, you and I had to sign up for free trials of streaming platforms we've never heard of. Yeah, because yeah. some of them weren't even for sale. The fact that you cannot find Prince of Darkness anywhere, no, except it's, on one platform, and it was not in HD, and there was like there's no DVD in print, and it's know, the second film. For SD, it didn't look that bad, but still, the it thing is, it looked that good. It didn't, yeah, no, it doesn't have the crispness of an HD, obviously, of course, but the thing is, is that like, I mean, that movie is just like, you know. I just there 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 are a couple of things I do not understand about uh, uh, 
Prince of Darkness. Okay. Number one is, all right, I'll I'll get the pouring of the blood over the dust. I'll I'll give you that. Um, it's done in a cool way because like Clove kills that guy, hangs him over the coffin and slits his throat. And it's like, really, it's not graphic at all, but like the sound effect and his performance, the way he slits his throat is disturbing. And the way the blood just drips into the, just the drip, drip, you know, that, that actually well, there's nothing, there is nothing like hammer blood. Like hammer blood is the brightest, most viscous fluid on the face of the earth. Oh yeah, yeah. You are not getting dark arterial blood. This is uh, no this is light, this, light red. This is like pancake syrup. This is like the strawberry pancake syrup. Yes, like this type of blood was never dropped on Bruce Campbell. No, it's Good paint. Point. It's and sometimes it's outright it's paint. paint. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of you know, the, but the the thing is, is that like I don't understand why, and I know a lot of people say this very very common criticism is that Dracula says nothing for the whole film except just points and grunts and runs know, and runs. Yeah. And uh, he is a great stagecoach driver. I'll give him that. <laughs> um, the other thing is the, whatchamacallit, the, um, bah, 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 the, the death scene with the ice. It's just like Dracula can be killed by running water. Yeah. I don't, I've never heard that anywhere else. I've heard that. Never heard that. And the other thing, you and I were actually like live tweeting in a message, just each other. When he gets to the ice at the end, yeah, it's not cold in that movie. Like no one's even wearing a coat. You can't see anyone's breath, but they just get to ice so he can fall through the ice. You know? And then that coffin just slides across that ice so nicely. Yeah. But it comes like, right at the stagecoach, you know? They're like, oh, yeah, there's some ice. So then they shoot at the ice. And then the, the, the monk is like, running water. Like, we're all supposed to go, oh, the running oh. water. There's too many ways to kill a vampire by this point. Dracula, can you jump a little bit? <laughs> no, but it's like, it's like sunlight. Why are you afraid of a bullet? You're already dead. So so what if it hits you? Who cares? See, this is the problem with, the problem with both zombies and vampires is that they're in the public domain. So there's too many different ways to kill them. Like in in some zombie movies, you have to destroy their brain. And then in other ones, no, that doesn't work. You got to burn them all up. And then in other ones, like you just got to cut their head off. And with vampires, Hammer just keeps adding things. You know, there's a yeah. whole, there there's the sunlight, there's the steak, there's uh, the original book had cut their head off and stuffed their mouth with garlic. Um, sometimes garlic is kryptonite. Sometimes it's just annoying. So that when you get to the point of like, are there silver bullets, which also kill werewolves? There's, uh, crosses. If you put a cross on a vampire, when you get to running water, it's like, dude, come, how many weaknesses can you have? Yeah. Well, that's something that's funny. Cause like, I was just like, uh, when we were live tweeting, we were doing the, um, I was just like, okay, so this guy, and they say in horror Dracula, has lived for five or six hundred years, but he gets killed by like, by like people like at least five times in three years. If you if you yes. look at it, you from like you know from the, the the how long, you know from from horror to Prince of Darkness. Well, then there's another year from Prince of Darkness to Dracula has risen from the grave. By far, for some reason. I love that movie. 
Risen for the Grave. I love that one's fun. That's got some weirdness. That's got like the rooftops. Yeah. Where they wander. And by the way, same rooftops as Curse of Frankenstein. Yes, sir. The same. The same yeah. ones because uh, Dr. Frankenstein is trying to shoot the monster who uses the girl as the human shield and he shoots the girl. Oops. Yes. You know? But it was funny because, like, I think – I don't know what it is about the um, – it's just like – okay, so Dracula is frozen in the ice, right? Yes. Uh, and this priest just has, I guess, a crisis of faith and falls down off a rock, cuts his head open – and he, he turns out to be like the Larry Fine of priests. In many uh, ways. In many ways. Well, he breaks the ice. and then Breaks the he... ice, which I got to say is, I mean, I mean, the thing is, is that like, okay, if so, that must, hmm. I'm just saying, it's just like, if Dracula was frozen in that ice, and they say that a year has passed, wouldn't he have defrosted at some point? I don't know. Just, I'm nitpicking. The thing is, well, is like that, I said, it wasn't cold when there was ice there. Yeah, you know, it looked. I swear to God, it looked like they shot that movie in April. Oh, and by the way, speaking of shooting times when they didn't need to shoot times, the day for night in these movies is so atrocious. Oh that, yeah, it's, that it's like, no, there, it's are not. Se- there are scenes where Dracula just walking around during the day, and I'm like, well, I guess this was supposed to be night. Yeah, and it happens well, in almost just- every movie. And we forgive them for it. We we seem to forgive them for it because it's 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 just it, these movies. I think these movies, by and large, majority, yeah, are very enjoyable. They're fun. I mean, they're fun. they're certainly horror sequels. This is something we've talked about a lot on the show before, with things like Alien and Nightmare on Elm Street. Is that these are not these are not movies that are made to be a long story cut up into several movies. This is not Star Wars. This is not Marvel. Where it's right. like, okay, we're ending the movie, but here's what we have planned next. Like, you have yeah. to kill that monster usually two, three times. And the last time has got to be so definitive mm-hmm. that the audience knows the movie's over. Hammer usually gets around that by just throwing credits at you. But then you have to spend the next 15 minutes undoing the ending from the last movie. And my favorite yeah. example of this is Nightmare on Elm Street 4, where a girl has a dream that she's in a graveyard and a dog pisses fire and now Freddy is back. Good one. Yeah. That's the that's the best monster resurrection ever because that movie just goes, you don't really give a fuck how this monster comes back, do you? From, from Dream Warriors into the Dream Master, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, Dream Warriors is a good one. Dream Master is not. No, 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 no. They even kill off the blonde girl from Dream Warriors halfway through or third or the quarter of the way through. Well, she's been recast. She was uh, she was she was Oscar winner Patricia Arquette in Dream Warriors. All right. And in uh, four, I'm assuming she was a cheap Canadian. (laughs) Well, that's the funny thing, because like with um, with uh, 1972 Dracula A.D. And then and then uh, whatchamacallit. Um. Satanic Rites of Jazz, uh, Dracula. Yeah. The thing is, is that it's Peter Cushing, same yep. character. Yep. And he has a daughter named Jessica or yes. granddaughter, granddaughter. And Jessica is one actress in one. Yep. And another actress in the other. And I'm like, what could that other Jessica have been doing that she was unable to do this you know sequel because it's like y'all working on a hammer film and it is it is um 
it is Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, so it's you know it's going to get big distribution. Yeah, I, I always wondered uh, that. Like, I I've never understood why Kirstie Alley didn't come back in Star Trek. She's in Wrath of Khan, and then it's Robin Curtis in Search for Spock and Voyage Home. And yeah. Kirstie Alley what, did not get on Cheers until like after Star Trek Four. Mm. I don't know. It, I think it's contracts because in in Taste the Blood of Dracula, it's Stephanie Beecham who had her own show in the '80s, but she's in a really good episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation, mm-hmm. um, which is why I recognized her. In Satanic Rites of Dracula, it's Patsy from Absolutely Fabulous. Yeah, yeah. It's like young Patsy, who's like the Keith Richards in Absolutely Fabulous. Oh my God, that's funny. Great analogy. Yeah, so it's it's there's uh, there's always people you recognize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you t- what, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're completely jumping over. Um, so it's not it's not Taste of Blood. It's Stephanie Beecherman, Dracula eighty nineteen seventy two, which is the craziest one. The, the oh the right the blonde the hippie. Yeah, that one that one is so like we need to be relatable to modern audiences, but it's nineteen seventy two that it is so incredibly dated. It's amazing. Well, the funny thing is, is that like they actually give fifteen minutes of like of like of the movie to like a band that you just you. This is like I don't want to hear this song. This band is they're not they're very ha- good. They're terrible. There's nine members of them. There are three characters that go out of their way to say the band's name. Like who is this band? Oh well, they're the Stone Ground. Stone like Stone. the only thing it was missing was at the end of the movie, like Christopher Lee should have risen oh, up God. from dust and went once again Stone Ground, yeah. as if it was Saturday Night Live. You know, oh my god. Yeah, that movie's just so ridiculous. But before we get into that, because that could be the rest of the podcast, I will say about Taste the Blood of Dracula, mm-hmm. it's a bad movie, but it actually has the most story. Like, horror is kind of the book. Uh, Prince of Darkness is a haunted house. Mm-hmm. Rises from the Grave is kind of a bunch of stuff. Scars of Dracula is like a copy of all the stuff they did before. Taste of Blood actually has a story about these, like, bored, rich British guys who are doing anything for kicks, but even though they're 55 years old. Hey, I'm, I'm getting close to 55. <laughs> you're not <laughs> tasting the blood place. of Dracula. That's true, too. But then, like, the young hippie guy, who, by the way, the story was the young, the young, like, hippie guy that gets him to taste of blood was supposed to be Dracula. Yes. Christopher Lee didn't want to do it anymore. The American distributors heard about this and said there is no way we're booking a Dracula movie that does not have Christopher Lee in it. So he gets to show everybody the blood of Dracula and die. And then comes back after like he that dust kind of makes it like a like a makeshift kind of like tomb around him, hardens and then cracks. Yes. Yeah. Just you they know? just but then he then Dracula goes to get revenge on each one of those guys. And I'm like, OK, there's actually a story here. It goes off the rails. But then Dracula kills all three of those guys. And then they got to bring in a young guy to, like, kill Dracula. Because Jessica's Dracula, not going to kill Dracula. The funny yeah. thing is, like, Dracula almost doesn't. It's like Dracula influences, like, they're like those guys, children to kill them. Yeah, because they stake one of them alive. Like Dracula turns two of the girls into vampires. And that's yeah. a this is a thing that's in every vampire movie. It's not just Hammer, but 
this also drives me crazy about Evil Dead. Is like sometimes you're possessed and then you can be saved and then sometimes we got to kill you. And it seems like it's down to the judgment of the person with the stake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Like yep. sometimes you kill Dracula and the girls come back. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, if you're a brunette or a redhead, you're not coming exactly. back. You're done. <laughs> Only Unless blondes come back. Jessica did make it at the end of Satanic Rites. She was blonde. No, she's a redhead. Was she? Yes. Patsy was a blonde. Yeah. Head. Yeah, yeah, but most of them, most most of them, like, you don't have to make it at all. Virginal to make it out of these movies. Yeah, because is it is it risen where the he gets the jealous girlfriend? Yup. And then he's just like he starts to go after the blonde, and she's like a cockney. She's like, "You got me, you got me," and you just see Christopher Lee has had it. <laughs> you know. And then, and then you just cut to the crows lying in leaves. Yeah, actually, I think she was a redhead, that that one. The one you got me, you got me. She's a redhead. It's it's Technicolor. There's that you know? shade between brown and red. The funny thing is, is that, like, if I was Dracula, though, like, seriously, dude, give up the revenge thing, you know? Seriously, you're too, you're too hell-bent on revenge. It's clouding your judgment. Well, you know what? It becomes, um, it becomes like a Tales from the Crypt, where Dracula is not really a character, it's one of those like morality, morality stories where like these three guys transgress and then they a monster comes back and just kills all of them. The monster doesn't yeah. need the motivation. Like that's a classic trope. So there's not much to Dra- there's not much to Dracula's character, and honestly, it's Christopher Lee's performance that makes him interesting. You know, he's like, I'm gonna travel all the way to England now and take too many and take and take the risk that, you know. Oh, something could happen to my soil. Eh, something could happen to this. Something, you know, and because I want to get revenge on this one guy. It's like Jaws four, you know. No, oh, wow. So the shark follows just, Michael Caine from like the Bahamas know? to London. The one thing that I liked about Scars of Dracula yeah. was that that is like probably the most lines of dialogue that Christopher Lee has in the movie. Yeah, I, and I mean, it's. You don't see him much in Satanic Rites. He talks a lot when he's there, but yeah. the movie's got like 20 minutes left by the time you get to him. And it's just, it's kind of like, you know, it's, you know, it's just like, um, you know, it's, there's just a, you want to hear him, you know, you want to hear what he, what he has to say. In Horror of Dracula, which is probably where he's the most personable. Mm-hmm. It's just most like, normal, yeah. He goes from like he goes from a moment where he's just like, oh, who's this? Oh, yeah. she's, she's very charming, you know. Because he's um, not even sinister. He comes down. And he's like, oh, hello, I'm Dracula. Yes, you know. And and it's one of those where um, I had this problem with Fear the Walking Dead, and which is why I stopped watching it, and eventually stopped watching Walking Dead. Was in the first movie, you don't people say Dracula and they go, oh, okay, the guy's name is Dracula, but it's so synonymous. That you're like, the guy just said he's Dracula, you need to leave. <laughs> Whereas, like, Fear of the Walking Dead came out around season six or seven of The Walking Dead, and all the characters are like, huh, what's going on? And they're wandering out in the street and getting eaten by zombies, and you're like, well, I've, as an audience member, I've been trained to fight zombies for six years. You right. haven't. So it's yeah. it's hard to sympathize. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he seems like a normal dude for a while. You know? Even when he has that, that that one woman 
you know, run up in the like, you know, that little, you know, satiny kind of um, low cut, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they, hammer-like you, cleavage. You have to help me. Oh, well, cleavage shows movies. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I have to admit, I also like cleavage. Everyone loves cleavage. Yeah. Go to a run fair fest. Believe me, you'll leave the, I love cleavage. <laughs> that's, that, that's half of what a run fair is about. You know? It, it's it's cleavage cosplay. That's all yeah. a run fair is. Yeah. You know? It's, 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 it's the funny thing because it's just like, with, um, with the first horror of Dracula, right? The the blonde, and she's probably in her thirties, very attractive yeah. woman. Yes. You know, the thing is, is that as the as the series goes on, his victims get like from okay, she's like, you know, thirty to now she's probably like twenty seven, mm-hmm. twenty five, twenty. Okay, this one looks like she's nineteen. Yep. You know, it's almost as if like they get younger and younger. It's like, almost going from a milf. To a barely legal, if you. <laughs> it was kind of like what happened on Seinfeld, where the more popular Seinfeld got and the more money they had, the more attractive women Jerry and George were dating. So by yeah. the last couple of seasons, I'm like, there's no way a girl like that would agree to go out with George Costanza. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the girls yeah. in the early seasons, yeah, I get it. <laughs> but it was just that. That's the one thing. It's just like with um. With Dracula, it's just in these movies, it's um, the um, now I know the allure of Dracula, and I know you can you can speak about the um, uh, you can speak of Dracula and uh, the sexuality in in Freudian terms, mm-hmm. which you know would you know the blood, the uh, penetration. Um, Childbirth, even all, all these, all these different, all these different normal human occurrences. Yeah, they're that, all the women are all pretty into it too. It's like you don't see any of them fighting. No, like, no, like it's it, there's like a hypnosis that he uses right away, but none of them fight it. They're all like, "All right, Dracula, here we go." You know, get on over here with those British teeth, you son of a gun. You know, and just, uh, <laughs> give me like, see the whites you know, of your bloodshot eyes. Exactly. <laughs> So the thing is, is that like with um, the thing is, is that with the uh, uh, with with Dracula, you know, it, it's it's almost as if the women who are stronger, the women who are more independent are almost punished for that in this in this Victorian type of age. And that I think that's like yeah, it's pretty just kind of like I'm go- like the one that you like in Scars. Yeah, she's like, I'm walking home by myself. I don't care. You yep. know. And that's and that goes back to the point that I made of, like, I'm your husband. It's midnight. It's dark out. It's probably dangerous to go on your own. But meet me here, where in some other town, late at night, and they didn't, you know, they didn't really show how she gets there. Well, none of like, them, none of them save themselves. The one who survives is always has a boyfriend who comes and saves them, or yeah. or Van Helsing is their grandfather. There's they never ne- seen in these Draculas where it's actually the woman who is the cause of Dracula's demise. It's either yeah. the man or some wacky, you know, just... Dracula falls. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Dracula just kind of wigs out and just, you know... Yeah. Or some 
How many people get hit by lightning holding a metal bar on there's top a, of the castle? There's a couple of endings that are basically Dorf on Dracula. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, I think the, you don't have a woman save herself until Halloween, right? Basically, isn't that, yeah. Isn't that Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween? It's the first one, and that's late 70s. She basically... And then, and then that became the trope. Yeah, you know. Because I mean, then you have Alien, and then you have Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. and then um, all the Friday the 13th, I don't think any man survives. No, no. You're, if you're in Friday the 13th, maybe one guy survives in, I think, part six. Yeah, but it's yeah. like usually yeah, – the guy who survives is usually the guy who falls for the final girl, and final girl became a trope. The guy yeah. who falls for the final girl, he survives. If he's already his boyfriend, if he's already her boyfriend, like Johnny Depp, he's, he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, the thing is, is that it's funny because um, with, with all of these, all of these Draculas, it's just like uh, I understand it was the fifties and the sixties back then and stuff like that, but the misogyny is just kind of like okay. Yeah, it has not aged well, and. Uh... And I was just watching the one Dracula movie I could not finish because, as I said, I rewatched Coppola. I rewatched Mel Brooks. Um, uh, I've been watching What We Do in the Shadows. I've, I've been – I saw Blade not too long ago. I've been watching a lot of the good vampire movies again. When's the last the, time you saw Lingella? Uh, it's been a while. You told me about Jack Palance, and, man, that was not worth it. You can't watch that. That's unwatchable. <laughs> it's like a TV movie. But, but you've so, seen Frank Lingella, right? Yeah. yeah, I've seen the Frank Langella, and I like Frank Langella anyway. He's a good actor, and that's he a good, is a good actor. He's he's the kind of guy that you you don't know he's going to be in a movie, and then he shows up in the scene. You're like, oh, good. Uh, but he, he's like like a Rip Torn in that kind of way. Mm. Like anytime I saw Rip Torn in something, I'm like, oh, this movie got a little better. Yeah. Um, but the one I could not finish was Van Helsing which was the Hugh Jackman 2004 one. Uh, that was it's funny because I love Hugh Jackman. Yeah, me that too. Was, I mean, Wolver- he's no, it's going to be very it's going to be very very hard to for Marvel to come up with another Wolverine. Oh yeah. yeah They're going to have to because he's like their number 2 best known character, but it's going to be so and Logan is a masterpiece. But man, Van Helsing is so bad, but like when Kate Beckinsale shows up like she shows up with a crossbow. She's got the cleavage. Um, she's got the bustier, but she shows up as an equal. And it's like, yeah, that does not happen in Hammer. In Hammer, no, no, no. Like even um, it's it's funny because like even with um, if you look at a movie like um, and they said this in that documentary on YouTube, a movie like Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. Which is a love a love note to Hammer. Christopher and Christopher Lee's in it. That. That's yeah. the beginning of Christopher Lee's comeback is Sleepy Hollow because he hadn't been in anything in a while. Mm-hmm. And then right after Sleepy Hollow, he does Lord of the Rings, which honestly, Christopher Lee fought his whole career to not be known as just Dracula. And I think um, I know I think of Sour Man first when I think of Christopher Lee. He's so good in that. He's got so much to say. He comes he comes back to The Hobbit. He can't even stand up by the time he's in The Hobbit. So mm-hmm. they had to, you know, they had to move the whole production from New Zealand to London for a week just to shoot Christopher Lee scenes. Mm-hmm. So he mm-hmm. would still be in it because he was like close to 90. Um, he was he in Star- good- People forget he was in Star Wars. He's in two Star Wars. Count Dooku. Count Dooku. He gets his hands and his head cut off. 
Um, mm-hmm. But Saruman is so indelible. Like anytime I think of Christopher Lee's that booming baritone voice, it's always lines from oh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It's always like, "It would be wise, my old friend." You know, I I don't know how big. Baritone, oof. Yeah, I don't know how big a Tolkien guy you guys are. You know, I could I could probably listen to Christopher that voice. I could probably listen to that man read a phone book. Yeah, did you listen to his heavy metal album? No, I have. That's I know about it, but I've never listened. Yeah, that needs to happen. I gotta listen to that. <laughs> it's like one of the last things he did was make a heavy metal album because that's who Christopher Lee was. The best Christopher Lee story I heard was actually on Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Was it's uh, spoilers for Lord of the Rings, uh, but it's from the book in a. Um, it's only in the extended cut. But uh, Saruman get killed in the extended cut. In the right. theatrical cut, they just kind of forget about him. Uh-huh. But when he gets stabbed in the back, Peter Jackson gave him some direction about what noise to make. And Christopher Lee went, no, this is the noise a man makes when he's stabbed in the back. And it f- creeped everyone out. Because apparently, like, he never talks about what he did in World War II, but he did stuff. Obviously, it's wartime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's yeah. The guy, man, wasn't a murderer. No. But, but apparently, he, he knew what to do. <laughs> I'm going to turn into a bat and bomb the Nazis. <laughs> I cannot go on day maneuvers. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but he 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 was awesome. I think out of any of them, I think. Oh, by the way, the one thing the one I thing, would. You yeah, go ahead. The one thing the British Army needs is a librarian. <laughs> the one game I want to play I've never seen it I'm pretty sure the movie made it up But in Dracula Rises from the Grave They have that bar game Where you hold a full pint up to the ceiling With a broom and walk around in a circle While drinking another pint I have uh, I, Who came up with that? Yeah I don't know I really want to play that There's no way that game doesn't end with a head laceration Oh my god I mean so do you actually just take that thing Stick it up against the top of the ceiling. Yes, full. Full. Yeah. And then just drink as you're. I mean, there's there's got to be stitches, or concussions, anything. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a full pint glass. That's thick glass. You know. Well, I feel funny. like that's something. If we had seen, if we had kept going when we were in college and watched Horror of Dracula, had we gotten to Risen from the Grave, it is absolutely something we would have done in college. And I could see our friends back then. Do. Yes. Uh, the, that infamous party that we had in Boston College, it would have been done. That would have, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I could very much see myself going like, I saw this drinking game in Dracula's Risen from the Grave. And the words drinking game at that party, people would have been like, let's do it. And somebody would have been bleeding. Who's got a Who's got a broom? Because the whole time I'm watching it, I can't. Th- I think, okay, when you're done with the game, how do you lower that safely? You That's don't. What I was gonna, yeah, you know. There's no way to lower the broom and grab the pint. You cannot. And you're and you're probably wasting good beer. Well, it didn't look like good beer. You know. Well, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, the, the, this thing is set in Germany and stuff like that. I just. But it was pretty yellow. Like a pilsner. Like a Budweiser. Hmm. I haven't had a Budweiser in a while. <laughs> I haven't had a beer in a while. I've been trying to do this thing with quarantine where, like, I'm like, I keep hearing stories of people like, ah, I'm drinking every night. And I'm like, well, I don't want to get heavy, so I'm not drinking every night. But I am having, like, two, three desserts. So I'm still in the 
my brain and liver are in a good shape. My gut is not in a good shape. It's the quarantine 15. But, and by the way, yeah, you broke your ankle, then got coronavirus in the last month. How are you feeling? I'm fine. Yeah. 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 And no, I've got, I've got other, I've got other things now to, to cause me, uh, you know, distress and, uh, and, and, and consternation. It's, uh, yeah. Like vampires, like vampires, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So is, now, your, is your ankle all better? Cause that, Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. And how long, how long did the coronavirus really knock you down? Coronavirus knocked me down probably about started really feeling really crappy on a Tuesday afternoon in early April. And uh, and then by like the end of Wednesday, I just like I had the fever, and all of a sudden I took my my temperature, and I'm like, well, it was it was a hundred, and now it's over a hundred, and now it's down to ninety nine. And then like a, a day after that, it started started to to come back. Now the nasty thing about the Corona thing is that it just won't let you feel better. You know, like sometimes you're like, man, I feel better. And you yeah, yeah, that like that you have that peak bad day. Yeah. With yeah. Corona, you've got your peak bad day, then you feel better, then you feel a little worse, and then you feel better again, and then you feel a little worse. It's two steps forward, one step back. The the I think the, the in in its worst its worst when it first started, the thing is the muscle aches, the lack of taste and smell, mm-hmm. the, the lethargy. And uh, and the fever are just I mean, it knocks you down like a like it hits you like like my wife said, a freight train. It's yeah. it's it's just on. It's the flu on crack. It's it's nasty. Ironically, you know? it hits you like night train, which is a concert we probably won't be going to. I know. I'm so upset about that. I was yeah. actually. We got tickets for Guns N' Roses in July, and we were right about to fly out to it. Um, from what I have heard, it's not canceled yet, but I have heard there there will be no concerts this summer. No concerts this summer, no. And you know next and you know next year there'll be no movies. Because they're not next year there'll be no movies. Because they're not making anything. Because they're not shooting anything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's we're gonna it's have just, to make our own fun. Yeah, I wonder how we'll do that. <laughs> I don't know. We'll just keep doing podcasts. There you go. I have to recommend, though, watch The Mummy, 1959. Okay. Yeah, we watched Curse of Frankenstein. I haven't done The Mummy yet. Uh, again, seen- it's Cushing and Lee, right? Uh, you've seen that one, right? No, I've never seen that. I, I had never seen Curse oh, of Frankenstein. Oh, that's a good movie. I had not seen a lot of Hammer until now. I've never seen The Wolf Curse. Curse. <laughs> What's the Wolfman one called? It's something Wolfman of the Wolfman. It's not Curse of the Wolfman, is it? Uh, I know which one you mean. Oliver Reed, I think it is. Yeah, it's not good makeup. You know. Oh, by the way, there's also a Peter Cushing one, Brides of Dracula. But yes. because he isn't in it, I just don't. They say it's technical, te- technically a very sound movie, but it just doesn't have the Lee thing in it. That well, well, by the time. Yeah, I was like, let's follow the Christopher Lee story. And it seemed like Bride of Frankenstein was in that story. But when you when Dracula AD 1972 opens, Van Helsing and Christopher Lee are fighting on a runaway carriage in the day. Uh, and I'm like, this nothing close to this happened in any movie. 
nothing even near this happened in any movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, we have just thrown continuity completely out the window. It, like, when that scene started, I'm like, this is like Batman fighting the Joker. They just, like, here are two characters that fight. Like, when Joker attacks Gotham mm-hmm. City now, I don't really care about the last time he attacked Gotham City. Right, Because yeah. it, does, it no longer matters. And I'm like, well, if it no longer matters, then I guess I don't have to see all of these. And when you mm-hmm. get to Satanic Rites of Dracula, which is a, like... It's like an intrigue. It's an espionage intrigue movie about a satanical cult that has Dracula in it. And then somehow, you know, an evil corporation is trying to pollute the world environmentally, you know, which is with a plague. It's it's so confusing. I will say the scene with the vampire women chained in the basement is pretty scary. But that's the only thing it's got going for it. That's that's kind of it, yeah. That's kind of it. Like, when Dracula first pops out, you're like, okay, how did he get there? And it's like, oh, well, the cult must have, you know, the cult must have uh, resurrected him. And I'm not talking about Ian Astbury. Um, you know, the thing is, is that, um, you know, it's it's just kind of like, well, he's there. You know, I think it, like, like what we were saying before, there are some points where they really just gave up on the continuity thing. When he falls right. on that altar in England in Taste the Blood. Yeah. And then and then all of a sudden wakes up in his own castle <laughs> in scars. It's like, oh know. what a dream. I I flipped him. I thought I thought Taste the Blood came after Scars. I was like, because they're the same year. He made he made three movies in nineteen seventy. Well it's funny because I, I think, think Taste the was a taste the blood has a 69 stamp on it but it came out in early 70 right exactly yes and scars is definitely 70 and then he did that italian count dracula which which i start which i started and we lost our free trial it's 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 was it unwatchable it's it's like one of those spaghetti westerns but with vampires all right you know you're not missing anything it's not he christopher lee is always good you know, but the thing is, is that everyone around him, you don't give a damn about, you know, you always, yeah. you always care about, you know, Peter Cushing when he's in it. You always care about, you know, there's something about the movie you'll care about. Yeah. But this movie, I was just sitting there and I'm like, I, I don't care. I feel like that, and, that, that was like Nightmare on Elm Street, which was the one horror franchise in the 80s that I paid attention to. I didn't really watch Halloween or Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. But I remember it was by about part five when they introduced all the teens. I was like, I don't like any of these people. And I, and then no. I realized, oh, I'm not supposed to. I'm supposed to want Freddy to kill them. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, that's not a true. horror movie anymore. No, no, that's not. There's a, um, there's, it's, it's, it's funny because like, at um, when I was a little kid, I used to on Saturday afternoon on Channel Five. Okay, which was uh, before it was Fox. It was a local channel. A local channel. It was like drive-in movie theater, right? And it was either martial arts movies, Enter the Dragon, stuff like that, or it was horror. And it was, and I was always like, oh my god, like you know, you know, I was always, always, you know. You, you know, you want the vampire to get killed. You know, five minutes in, you want the vampire to get killed, you know. But then you'd have a five-minute movie, so that's not good. So the thing is, is that um, I always found myself, like, you know, just, like, hiding my eyes, not watching when I was a kid. Now, as an adult, I'm like, go get him, Drac. Go, yeah. get, 
You know? Well, I came I came to horror movies kind of late because I was um I was scared of them and I didn't watch I watched the Universal movies when I was like ten, and then you and I were both Gen Xers who were about the same age. We grew up in the slasher age. Yep. Yeah, and uh, most of those movies are terrible. Most of those movies didn't hold up, and they were like, there wasn't much to them, so I didn't like them, and I didn't feel like I had to. And then I think it was the, it was like the '90s I started to loosen up, and the '90s '90s are, I mean, the '90s I don't think are a great time for horror. No, probably not. Like you have some, honestly, when I look back in the '90s, it's not the best decade for movies. The '90s to me is when television started getting really good. But movies weren't that great. You know, yeah. you, you, get, you get some exceptions in there, yeah. But, um, I mean, I mean, the, to me, the best horror comes either, I mean, I like horror from the 1970s. Yeah. Because there's just a, an atmosphere to it. Mm-hmm. I want you at some point to watch um, this movie called... Uh, 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 Count Yorga with Robert Quarry. Oh yeah, I've heard of it. I never watched. There was a no. there was a Halloween where every October I try to watch horror movies I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And it used to be on Netflix. There was Count Yorga, and then right next to it was the Abominable Doctor Phoebes. And I was like, Doctor Phoebes is Vincent Price, man. That's where I'm going. And yep. then when I went back for Yorga, it was gone. Yorga is a is a is a he is. He's a very good vampire, Robert Quarry. Uh, the funny thing is, is that like there's two movies and um, they use the same actors who play different characters. So if you see one actor in one movie named Bob in the next movie, he's in it, but his name is John. You know what that's, I mean? That's kind of a hard tradition because Hammer did that and Universal no, did that. Michael, like, Pataki I, like- is, Michael Pataki is in The Return of Count Yorga. Oh, Michael Pataki. Along with Craig T. Nelson. Oh, wow. Yes. Mr. Incredible. I am telling you. You and and I have this obsession with Michael Pataki. Yeah, I know, right? That has lasted decades. And the reason... Yeah, the reason of that is our our favorite... Our favorite episode of Mystery Science Theater is Side Hackers. It was the first one we ever watched together. It's one of the best ones. It's this god-awful biker movie. That's not even a biker movie. Um, but it's one of the funniest episodes and the whole time we kept looking at Michael Pataki like, I've seen this guy, I've seen this guy. And then you realize he was one of those character actors in the seventies that was in everything. Like he'd show up in a Barney Miller, you Star know, Trek, uh, yeah. And all in the family. Yeah. He, he's one of the few actors who was in the original Star Trek and Star Trek, the next generation. Was he in Batman at all? Batman? Yes. He was a henchman. I think he was one of King Tut's henchmen in Batman. He yes. was just a guy that worked a lot. He was in one of the worst vampire movies. You Was it Blood of the Vampire? Grave of the Vampire. Grave of the Vampire. Oh, my God. You recommended that to me. And he's like, he's just raping and punching people. <laughs> he's just, and I'm like, you don't have to do this. You can bite them. You know, you've got this, uh, you know, sort of, you know, animal magnetism that you can Michael, use. You know what? Michael, Michael Pataki played George American on Ren and Stimpy. Wow, I did not he, know. He got he was one of those guys that got around and you and I, you and I share that love of character actors where mm. I've been doing that with my sons too is like anytime somebody pops up I'm like, "Oh, that guy, that guy was in this, and that guy's from that, and that guy's from that." And making mm-hmm. those connections together and we watch we watch a lot of comedy, mm. so half of those conversations go, "And I know that guy." But um, 
You know what? I've got another good Christopher Lee movie for you. What's that one? He actually plays the good guy because he actually at one point wanted to show that he could play a good guy. Yeah. Instead of just being like, because he was the monster, he was the mummy, he was the, um, you know, Dracula, Dracula, of course. I think it's called The Devil's Bride. Hmm. And he plays a guy who's trying to stop this satanic cult from, you know, you know, destroying the world. And uh, it's a it's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's um, it's it's I saw it one time on Turner Classic Movies. Yeah, I think it was Halloween and they were airing it. So that's why maybe it was on. But probably it's out there. You can find it. It's um, that's a good movie. I mean, I just saw The Wicker Man for the first time. It's, oh, on, Net- it's on Netflix. That? That just grabs you by the back of the brain. That's one of those movies where two days later you're like, that movie was fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) That movie's movie's real fucked up. Yeah, that's a movie where it's like it's moving along slow in that last ten minutes. It's like you just want out, and there's no way out. That's like it just goes to a black ending, and that is it. It's Yeah, it's – I've never seen the Nicolas Cage version with the bees. Yeah, you don't, you don't need to. <laughs> no, you know? but but Christopher Lee is great in that. Um, and I forget which one he's in. Mm-hmm. The, uh, he was in Hound of the Baskervilles. Yes, sir. And uh, with Cushing as Sherlock Holmes, he's also in another one in like a seventies one where he plays Mycroft Holmes, and he's not wearing his toupee. And he's like he's naturally bald. He's like Sean Connery bald in that film. I got to remember which one that is. Right, 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 right. The funny thing is, is that with um. With, uh, I think, especially, you know, you look at, like, Lee, and you look at these, the, the movies that he's made. You know what the funny thing is? Uh, just uh, before I get before I get distracted, I must mention this. He was once hosting Saturday Night Live back yes. in the 70s. Yes. And he goes, he goes, unlike what most of you think, you know, the mo- not, not all of my movies are on Channel 9 at midnight. <laughs> well, as if to say, like I've done other stuff. Yeah, well, he was always trying to show his range, and he and he did. And yeah, he had, he had a, a lot of range. He was good. You know, he had that range. You know, but he was so indelible, and it, you know? it's amazing when you see how little screen time he has in those films. Yeah, well, that that's it's like, like um, I remember him saying that, like, after like those making the horror movies of Dracula, he goes, "I became sort of a sex symbol." And he was like 90 and he had said, he goes, well, I can tell you that's not the case anymore. <laughs> yeah, know? he was, yeah, he was always pretty upfront. I remember, um, I want to read his book. I want to read his book, his autobiography. I, well, you quoted from it a couple of times. I thought you had read it. No, that was from that YouTube clip that, um, that I sent you. Yeah. That, that... I got to read that book because I got to say that like, it sounds like. He, while he may not have wanted to do all of these movies. No, he definitely didn't. Both he and Cushing did not want to make satanic rites. It sounds like they had a good time. And like, and from that thing on that other documentary on YouTube, they had a, uh, they had still photos of behind the scenes mm-hmm. where he's just like, he's hugging like the priests and stuff. And they're just all hanging out and just laughing and stuff. It looks yeah, like I've- a great time. I've always heard that um, whatever genre you're in, you feel the opposite, where it's like um, I was a comedian for a while. I know a lot of comedians and we and we could be very dark and very serious. 
mm-hmm. and very humorless offstage because you're putting so no, much of it out there. You. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. And, yeah, exactly. And uh, and horror is the opposite, is that you're doing all of this dark, hard, cruel stuff on stage that, like, what's left inside you is just light and fun. And, like, yeah. I've always heard that horror sets are the most fun to work on. Oh, I can – oh, yeah. I could easily see that. So if you had to pick one Christopher Lee movie to watch and one to leave out, what would they be? From – The Dracula the, series, yeah. The Dracula series. Okay. Well, I would say – you know what? I could okay. I could be completely unoriginal and say the one that you must watch is the first one, and the one that you could leave out is the last one. That would be that to me is it's too simplistic because that's just there's almost even going against. Let me think. The one that I. Uh, let me think. Personal, personal favorites aside, even though Risen is my favorite, yeah, I think that hmm, this is a good. That's a great question. The one that I, the one that I would probably leave out is nineteen seventy two. Okay. No, the last two I would probably leave out. I mean, you know, I just, I, 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 I wasn't able to do Christopher Lee in with Dracula in modern times. I like him more in that gothic setting. Back in, I don't care if it's London or I don't care if it's Bavaria or whatever, wherever it was. I would leave out seventy-two. And then I would probably leave out out of the last five or the first five. I'd probably leave out. Ooh, that's a hard question. Mm. I, I love I love the first five. Probably probably scars. Yeah, scars. I feel like um, scars is kind of ringing a lot of the notes that the other ones have ri- have rung. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I would, I would probably leave in Risen, because Risen is almost like the Goldfinger of Dracula, where it's like, they mm-hmm. know what they're doing, so they're gonna hit every hit every bell as hard as they can, and I, I I'd have to leave out Satanic Rites because it's not even a Dracula movie. Um, there's just yeah. like, it's it's like a Doctor Who episode that went off the rails. Like and a Doctor Who episode from the early seventies, not even a modern Doctor Who yeah. episode. But I would leave in seventy two because it's like I said, it's nuts. It's like I love those sequels that are so nuts that mm-hmm. they probably shouldn't have been made, but they didn't quite break the franchise. Like I talk about it all the time with superhero movies. I'm obsessed with Batman Returns mm-hmm. and Iron Man three because they're just they so don't want to be what anything else was. That you're watching it going like, what the hell is this? Right, right. And that's 1972. Well, you see, that's the thing. It's just like, if I look at the ending of all these movies, I mean, obviously, which one do I think is the best ending? Or let's let's do it differently. Which is the best death? The best death is probably Horror of Dracula. 
Yeah. Obviously. It's the most action packed. And I will say, as nonsensical as it is, Prince of Darkness with him falling through the ice is effective. It's effective. It's effective. You know, because it definitely leads right into Risen, you know. Yeah. But um I uh, I gotta say it's it's funny because like the um I always thought that the the death where he's choking the guy and they go off the off the edge in Risen mm-hmm. and he gets impaled on that sharp cross. Yeah, the cross is pretty good. I mean, I, I thought that that's a that's a really good way. It's a great shot too. It's like going all it's the way a, through. And his face. Oh yeah, the blood yeah, that's a good one. His eyes and stuff like that. Yeah, it's good. That's a good one. The 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 one. Um, so that's a the the ice the the cross and then and then the deaths just the next four are just are just weird. You go from taste the blood. Where he just punches the glass and wigs out <laughs> as a panic attack. Oh no! And melts, you know. Yeah. Then you've got scars where it's just like there just happens to be, you know. No, I always I was making fun of his of his aim and throwing ability earlier. It's just like, dude, thunderstorm coming. You got you got to get that. You got to catch and release. You got to go. You know. You got to get. You know, that was just like the the weirdest kind of like, wow, he just really got unlucky there. Um, or the or that was just nature or God killing him or something like that. Right. Then you get to um seventy-two AD where he runs in he falls in a big hole. You know? Yeah. Where he just kind of like and just lands on a stake and then Peter Cushing comes up with a with a what it called? I I I I um a shovel and cuts his head off or something like that. Yeah. And then Satanic Rites, he gets caught in a bush. I didn't understand, like the Hawthorne bush. I was just like, okay. Yeah, I didn't think naming the bush made it any better. <laughs> oh. Well, it was a Hawthorne bush. It wasn't a rose bush. Oh, okay. That kills vampires now. This is the same as the the, 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 the crown of thorns on Christ. Which- yeah, but that didn't kill him. <laughs> You know, it's just like, it's just like, I, you know, just, dude, don't run through the Hawthorne bush. And you can follow me at Not In My Book, both on Twitter and Instagram. That is the official Caffeinated Comics social networking feed. You can go to our Facebook page as well, facebook.com slash Caffeinated Comics. That's where we post all the news, rumors, and memes that I particularly think are funny. Uh, if you want to follow the show, if you're not already subscribed, you can subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, and on Stitcher, uh, wherever podcasts are found. You can also follow our archives and go through all the old episodes on RadioMisfits.com. We are proud members of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And you can also, if you really want to go back, say you're sitting around alone. I know people that don't live with anybody and need to hear me a lot. You can go to caffeinatedcomics.blogspot.com. That is the complete archive since we started the show. There are hundreds of episodes that go back years and years and years. Do you want to know what we thought about the first Guardians of the Galaxy trailer? It's there. Uh, Stay safe. Have a good week. We will talk to you next week.